Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and welcome to The Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is on the problem and opportunity of bias. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hi, Eric, and everyone out there. When I hear the word bias, I tend to go negative, Jeff, but I know that this is not about negative bias per se. So can you start off by telling the audience, what does bias mean to you? Well, if you just kind of think of it in a, in a neutral, bias is just right or wrong, thinking of things one way or the other having and in this case more having a preconceived idea about something someone an event things like that so, so could that be like anger it's bad uh anger because, is bad yeah because you know my dad always blew up when i was a kid and, and that's not what i want to be no anger if somebody gets angry and and has a blow up mm-hmm. not so good but if if something makes you angry and it motivates you to make a change, either in yourself or in a situation. If gotcha. if homelessness makes you angry because we have homeless people, you can just be angry about it mm-hmm. and have negative things when you see somebody on the street or you can get involved. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, that's, an, that's an example. Good, 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 uh, good clarification there. So I know today's episode, we're also going to talk a little bit about mindfulness. Obviously, that's a term that's been mm-hmm. used a lot. I practice it. Uh, it's been really, really beneficial for me. So maybe in the context of this episode, talk a little bit about what mindfulness is and maybe the definition, those kind of things. Yeah, mindfulness is just like you said, it's it's taking the time to be aware of uh, what's going on inside yourself, to actually be aware of what's going on in the world around you, with mm-hmm. the, the people that you're with, 
I know that people are probably getting tired of hearing us say this, but it's a practice, just like emotional intelligence is. Yep. It's something that you need to do. Some people do it a lot of different ways. Some people, you know, spend, you know, time in a, in meditative state, you know, in meditation, different relaxations, uh, mindfulness, you know, it could just be something people practice all day long. You know, I know people that are mindful. It's just a natural part of them because they practiced it. Yeah. Well, you know what, too, uh, Jeff, and, and I would throw this out. One of the things that helped me, uh, a TED Talk by um, Andy Putacombe, might be mispronouncing his name, but if you look up uh, Headspace, he has an app. But he gave a TED Talk some years ago, and it was Mindfulness in 10 Minutes. And it is one of the most wonderful talks I've ever seen. He's a very good communicator, but he also did a great job of demystifying mindfulness. Right. A, a lot of the times when we talk about these kind of practices, people just go down a certain path. So they have a bias mm-hmm. about what mindfulness is, that it is just about meditation. It's it's a, It might be a, an Eastern religious practice, you know, a, Buddha, a Buddhism thing or something right. like that. And it can be, mm-hmm. but that's not what, you know, we're talking about just how you do it. And that's up to you to choose, you know, how you're going to be mindful. And to get kind of back on the topic of the bias part, being mindful of what's going on around you will help you take away those biases that you might have about situations. Yeah. Jeff, and, I, 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 I was wondering, and I don't know if you remember this or not, because I think this conversation happened in a hallway uh, a bit ago, we were talking about the police departments mm-hmm. and how they manage interacting with, you know, the people of that particular right. city. And I know you had mentioned a force in uh, Iowa somewhere where Dubuque. Dubuque, where they had really embraced emotional intelligence as a tool and learning and how much it, it helped their um, complaint rates. Citizen but, complaints citizen have just care. about went away. Yeah. So. I'm thinking about bias because there's there's a situation and and I had a friend whose son was they're African American, they live in a fairly nice neighborhood. Uh, I've never been to their home, but uh, I know the neighborhood. And he decided to uh, instead of wait for his mom to come pick him up to go to basketball practice, he decided just he was going to walk and whatever. So he's kind of jogging through the neighborhood trying to get to practice on time. Police officer sees him and stops him. I don't know if they had any really polite words at the beginning, but it ended up they they pretty much asked him to put down his things to, you know, hands up. I mean, it was just like a, why are you here? You, you don't belong here type thing. It's very clear to me that there was, there was a certain bias there. Now, I'm not going the route, Jeff, of saying, well, see, that just shows you all police officers are racist. Exactly. Because that, that, that's not what it is. Because what, for me, piqued my curiosity is, well, what made that police officer decide that it was important to go that far? What what was driving them? And mm-hmm. we know typically that's some emotion. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about the bias thing. If 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 you're not mindful, if if you're not haven't gone down that path, you're you're going to kind of go with your bias. Bias is young African American teenager in a very affluent neighborhood doesn't fit. Therefore, I do X. Exactly. And I may be oversimplifying that. And, and, and trust me, I, I have my own biases too. Mm-hmm. If, if I, I just fully transparent, Jeff. I mean, if I see a pickup truck with a gun rack and a rebel flag, it makes me nervous. I, I, you know, it just does. Uh, however, 
one of the powerful things about emotional intelligence is to pay attention to to what is what is that emotion telling me? And I think where you're going, the good part of mindfulness is helping you be aware mm-hmm. and to help you choose other paths than your bias. Yeah, the the reason that this subject kind of is is uh kind of real to me right now mm-hmm. is because of my grandchildren. Okay. I know Eric and I have talked about this, but my, my three grandchildren uh, live out in uh, Bryan, Texas, are a performing, working yep. punk rock band. They're mm-hmm. 14, 16, and 18 years old. And because of my type of music that I like to listen to, I'm very proud of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I tell somebody about them, uh, one, the name of their band is a great punk rock name. I'm surprised nobody's ever taken. They're called Psychotic Tendencies. Because they is, don't spell it with a P, though, No, right? they spell it with an S-Y, <laughs> which is an amazingly good punk rock name, I think. <laughs> yeah. But when I'm talking with someone about them and I say that they're a punk rock band, you can see a change in some people because they have a preconceived bias about mm-hmm. now what kind of people they are. Yes, and I would imagine that runs the gamut from the music to the lifestyle to mm-hmm. the appearance, film. the whole nine yards. Yeah. Well, my grandkids are smart kids. They are some of the most polite children that I know. I'm so proud of my daughter for that. They're just really good kids that mm-hmm. like punk rock music and have decided to become a band. So people automatically assume who they are and what they're and Jeff, about. You know, can I ask you? Um, there's really nothing wrong with having the bias, at least on its face, right? Right. I mean, as far as understanding. I mean, you would understand, like when I said about the pickup truck and uh-huh. the gun rack and stuff, you, you can understand why I might feel that way. The key, though, is what? You need to take your emotional intelligence skills and actually understand what is really happening. Who, Like in the case of my grandchildren, Punk rockers have a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's it's okay to have that as the first thought. But then when you start putting the person into it, in the case of my, my grandchildren, yep. that's where the bias comes in. You don't know them. All punk rockers are not the same. Punk rock gets, because the style of music is the same, punk rock gets bled over into the neo-Nazi yeah, they're associated as being their music of choice. Okay. Yep. All the punk rockers I know hate those people because they because of what they're doing. Yeah, and and Jeff, I'm so glad that you uh, have gone down this path with uh, the mindfulness and bias piece because I do believe mindfulness is one of the key steps in getting to a place where you can make a better informed judgment, mm-hmm. if you will, and. For the audience, it's kind of like what Jeff and I have said many, many times, that this does require work. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to work at this. But I do believe you can get to a place because, Jeff, I'm going to see more trucks with gun racks and and rebel flags. I I have never called anyone out with that. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason is is that I've always stopped, evaluate, where am I at, why am I feeling this, what is this saying to me? And be able to move on to a better place. And quite frankly, maybe even move on to the place of where I interact with the person. And that's why I think it's so important right now, especially with the political climate. Mm-hmm. It is it is almost impossible right now to have a calm, rational political discussion, whether it's person to person that have differing views, whether yeah. it's through the media. 
in Congress and the Senate, we can't do that anymore because we're so taught the other person is bad. You know, I, I guess one of the things that's made me wonder about that is that what happened? When did we get to be, and hopefully this is not going to sound harsh, and if it does, forgive me. <laughs> when did we get to be so mentally lazy? Because sometimes I think it's laziness that we don't take the time. Because we know rationally, I mean intellectually, right, that just because you disagree with me on an issue does not make you a bad person. It does not mean that I should, as we hear, it's not a cancel mode. You know, yeah, you don't agree with me. You're canceled. Uh, you know, you don't. You know, you know what I mean. I like that the, the the lazy part because we don't go to the next step. Okay, we're we're ideologically opposed. Mm-hmm. I I most of the time don't have the uh, opportunity to say, okay, tell me why you're opposed to what I think, and then I'll tell you why I'm opposed, and let's let's talk that out. There's going to be some common ground in there somewhere. Yeah. And Jeff, I mean, you have heard this with me before. There are subjects, and and obviously this does not rise to the same level as maybe a potential political issue or a cultural issue uh, of race and and those kind of things. But if you said to me, Eric, I think you should really listen to some punk rock. Uh, I, I I like you listen to my grandkids' music. Mm-hmm. Maybe go back to the seventies, the Sex Pistols, Ramones, uh, oh, the yeah. Jam, all that. <laughs> and it's really really good. I think you need to listen to that. Ah, Jeff, I'm not really into punk rock. And then you said to me, "Well, why not? What do you have something against us? Do you mm-hmm. have something against those people?" Well, no, Jeff. I'm just I. I it's just not my kind of music, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm hoping, Jeff, that we could still be business partners. Oh yeah, and we could still be friends. I mean, I'd hope that it wouldn't be you're telling me, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm this is I've end of story. I, I hate to always use this thing when I say I've got friends that that just drives me nuts. <laughs> right. But I have friends that are big time into classical and opera. I don't like that. We're still friends. They yeah. would never ever want to listen to what I like to listen to. Yeah. And you know, music is important, it isn't important, but and, uh, I, and uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. I totally. I mean, someone could say, "Well, uh, racial profiling is is a bigger issue than a style of music that one may like." Mm-hmm. I've always believed that I, I have to be in a position to be able to disagree and still remain whole inside. Yes, you know, because typically those that can't tolerate any disagreement to their point of view, they're they don't realize that it's kind of the whole adage of drinking the poison and expecting mm-hmm. the other person to die. So let me shift a bit. I really like a point you brought up uh, to me earlier about mindfulness helps us see the full context for people's actions. Can you talk a little bit about that? When somebody is, is when somebody is doing an action, you know, we kind of talked, we, we touched on like a homeless person yep. that's out at the end of the on-ramp, off-ramp, on the freeway with their sign, what is the first thing you think when you see them? Do you think they're lazy and this is how they need, they just want to make their money this way because they don't want to have an eight to five job and pay taxes and do all the things that I've done my whole life? Or do I see somebody that because of some failings of our system, that's their only choice right now? Their action is to survive so that they don't starve or they can scrape enough money together to rent that $100 a week 
you know, fop house. And you know, it's interesting, Jeff. And, uh, we've, I don't think we've ever talked about it specifically on our shows. Uh, but the Enneagram, uh, huh. now I know your number and what you just described is a, like aligned up to your number. Right. Uh-huh. So, and I, I, I'll tell the world here for me, um, uh, and Jeff, I, our, our great producer, Brett, can edit it out if you don't want to do this, <laughs> but um, can I tell the audience what your number is? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, Brett, you're good. Uh, so, you're a nine, Jeff, uh-huh. right? And, and nines are some of the most compassionate people on the planet. It's, they're known as the, the peacemaker. The peacemaker, right? So, your perspective, which you just described by the guy on the, uh, the freeway with the sign and stuff. Now, I'm a four, and the four is the creative, the romantic, the artist, right? Mm-hmm. When I see them, what I typically do is I go, well, you know, a better way would be what if they could like find a, an organization to sponsor them and then they could have like, you know, it would be Mid-Ohio Food Bank and that I'm connected to them and they're working me through a program so that I can get from here to another place. And I just thought to myself, that's my creativeness. I, I, I see it from that <laughs> And perspective. What's interesting is both of those ways of looking at it are mindful because you're being aware of who you are and you're not automatically putting that person into a you're not biasly looking is that a word? It is now. We'll take it. <laughs> looking at someone as this or that. You're looking at them as the whole person and going from there. Because our wiring, our personality, our being influences that heavily right mm-hmm. so that wasn't where i thought we were going with that but i like that well i'm sorry i no, I, I just it, I, you got to th- when you gave me that example and i'm thinking and i immediately i went into my head going i've seen them before and that's the kind of stuff that goes through my mind it's not so much and don't get me wrong uh please those in the audience at the end of the day if somebody needs a meal and needs a dollar or, or, right. or needs whatever yeah you, you're not going to sit there and go okay let's see i'm a four so <laughs> <laughs> okay that kind of thing so i totally get that but that, that you're looking at it more globally and mm-hmm. that goes back but you know i mentioned to people that when i mentioned what my grandkids do yeah. you can see the look on their face yes now i can have a bias about that and automatically mm. put them into a category well let's have a talk first Yes, because if you don't give them that opportunity, you may rob yourself of of getting information that's really truly vulnerable. Because what if that person was mugged by a neo-Nazi who was heavily into mm-hmm. punk rock? Would you fault them for being? No. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I think when we when we put a bias on a person or a person's actions, we've taken them out of the equation. We've taken their personhood, whatever word you want to use, yeah. out of it because now we know, we think we know everything there is about them. Mm. And that's really dangerous because, speaking for myself, I don't know everything about me, let alone about anybody else. Yeah. And, and realizing that making decisions on faulty data can really get you in trouble, mm-hmm. can really get you in trouble. Kind of bringing back to the mindfulness piece. Mm-hmm decreases you know our negative negativity or the negative bias yeah when we have a situation and it's not a positive one because you know unfortunately in our life most of the positive most of the situations we're in do have some negativity to them Mm -hmm. they don't things don't always go to where we want so if you go into it with a negative bias you've already decided 
this is just horrible. This is just bad. It's I can't recover from that. Yeah. Guess what? You're never going to recover from it. If you go into a situation where you're not negative automatically, that's when you can learn from a situation, whether it's an interaction. If if you and I get into a situation where we're having a big clash about something mm-hmm. and I'm just automatically negative about it, well, I, I'll never be able to have a discussion with Eric again. He's he's blank, 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 whatever words I want to use for that. Yep. Our relationship is probably on the rocks. Mm. But if I go into that negative situation and go, why did Eric react the way he did to what I said? And then more importantly, why did I react to what he said? That's the mindfulness. Now I'm being aware of what's going on. That's when we can have that discussion. It goes back to, like I talked about before, politically. You know, why does this person believe something different than I believe? Mm-hmm. And but if you go into it with that negative, you shut down any chance of turning it into a positive interaction or being able to learn anything or grow from the situation. Yeah, I've 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 said this before in other arenas. You know, I I welcome to sit down and talk with uh, a white supremacist. I'd love to understand where where they where they picked their view, how they how they came about seeing the world the way that they do, um, because deep down inside, I realized that there's something way, way down below that would reveal that it doesn't have anything to do with my skin color. You know, it's, it's really interesting. You said that I've spent, oh, since around 90 in, uh, prison ministry. Yes. Uh, most of the time that I've, I've been doing this is down at, uh, Southern Ohio Correctional Facility, Lucasville, Mm -hmm. uh, which is famous for the longest prison riot ever happened. Yeah, in, it's a maximum security prison. It, it, it's the best. It's probably way to, a supermax, is it? Not? No, it's, no. There's a, there's another supermax. Okay. This one is maximum security, and it's it's an interesting prison because it's where you get sent when you can't follow the rules in the other prisons. It's kind of like the timeout prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not you're not sentenced there normally for the crime you did. But doing this ministry over the years, I've got to to meet a lot of interesting people. Uh, and the ministry that we do, you don't just go in for a weekend and you're done. You build relationships with them. And I've built relationships with uh, the heads of the Bloods and the Crips, uh, the Mexican Mafia. And then you mentioned white supremacists, the Aryan Brotherhood, mm-hmm. which is a prison-formed gang, if you want to use that word. Yep. The racial thing is not what you would think for most of those people. I know we're going off on a tangent, but yeah, it's great. for most of those guys, it's about the protection. It's not that a person of color is the enemy. It's I want to be with these guys because I'm protected. Mm, interesting. You know, um, you know, that's not true in all cases, but in the majority yeah, of cases yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I get it uh, because the person who has been harmed has a different perspective than the person who has harmed. Right. Mm-hmm. But I like where you're going with this, the ability to kind of take a step back. And I, I know that that is an area that we, we have had as our constant refrain throughout a, a number of our episodes is about the exercising of emotional intelligence. And I think that piece, and, and maybe toward the end, Jeff, maybe we can tell the audience a little bit about some practical tips about mm-hmm. the practice of it and how to move it from just theory and information and kind of get into um, how it could be, you know, employed, you know, on a daily basis. But so you're, yeah, I, I just want to I mentioned yeah, say this ahead. beginning. A lot of this is being taken from an article from University of California at Berkeley 
three ways mindfulness can make your make you less biased. Mm-hmm. So if they, if people want to dig deeper, you can find this on. I'm sure you can find it on the internet. I got it from the Six Second site, but I'm sure it's out there. Google the article. Yeah. Who's the author, by the way? Uh, Jill S U T T I E Suti. Okay. All right. Um, it, we'll, it, we'll have that in the show notes as well, uh, yeah. everyone. So you'll be able to to pick it up there yeah, as well. It, it goes into some studies and stuff that I really don't want to get into now. Yeah. But it's it's really interesting. So Jeff, mindfulness may help us see others as equals. What yeah. And, and of the things we're talking about, I think this is the most important. Mm-hmm. Whenever we put ourselves on an unequal footing, mm-hmm. uh, either unequal because we're superior or just as important, unequal as far as inferior, you're not really going to be able to have a decent relationship or interaction with that person. Mm-hmm. And for me, in everyday life, trying to pe- treat everyone the same way. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, you know, I've mentioned it before when we talked about noble goal. My noble goal is to help people find the art in themselves. So if I'm looking for that in a person, I have to be able to treat them as an equal. Because yeah. they have something inside them that, to me, is infinitely valuable. And I've now, used- Jeff, I want to stop you there yeah. because that that kind of takes me to a conversation I had last week with a leader about the importance of having a noble goal mm-hmm. and what it can do for you in other areas and and the kind of lift that it brings to the other uh, parts of life. Because you're right, if you your deep driven, overarching purpose goal mm-hmm. is I'm looking for the art in people. Well, you can't do a lot of that if you've got certain people who are worth the view, certain people who you don't know if they're worth the view, and then certain people you don't want to. It, it just doesn't work, mm-hmm. you know? So I just, sorry, I thought about that, and yeah. that that kind of uh, rang true for me. So and Well, I'm going to go back. I started learning that before I even knew what emotional intelligence was. I never heard of it back when I started in the prison ministry because it right. it, it was very evident to me observing some of the other volunteers who were seeing the resident we call them residents, the prisoners, mm-hmm. as equals and who wasn't, and seeing the different ways that the reactions went. The, the, the volunteers that were treating the residents as inferior had absolutely no effect on the mm-hmm. prisoner. The yeah. volunteers that were treating these guys as 100% equal, they were making an effect on those people's lives. And let's face it, Jeff, at the end of the day, they are are equals. Well, they I are. Mean, I mean, there's no one on the planet, no human being could say not an, another human being is not my equal. That's well, it. <laughs> one of the things that we tell them, and especially for men, we could probably go back in our lives and pick a point where we made a decision that kept us out or put us in. Yeah. That would have started us down the road. And, and we make that very clear. And we also are very cognizant of sharing our stories too yeah with these guys but i don't, I don't want to make this a prison ministry thing no, but it's but, good it's true man. But yeah, absolutely that, for me that's when it started when I, I started understanding that everybody was an equal person that i'm, I'm going to give you another example uh, that people think are strange uh, the company i work for uh, used to have an office on cleveland avenue down around not, not in a great part of town okay and right next door to the office was at one time, it was a biker bar than just a regular bar. But there was this couple that drove up, and they had a, an older car, and they would go through the dumpsters to get the tin, the aluminum. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right? 
So I had a preconceived idea of who they were. You know, they're just, you know, low life, you know. Well, I, I got to talk to them. And the reason they were doing that is they were on a fixed income. They had a nice apartment. They were doing this so they would have money every year to go visit their children in, I forget what state it was. I totally changed my idea about who those people were. And it was funny. So then we started bagging our tin or aluminum cans. I went over and talked, even when it was a biker bar, and told them about these people. They started bagging all their uh, encrusting and even for them for those people and setting them out on the days they know they would come. Well, and I think that's a wonderful example, too, of, you know, what we, you mentioned earlier about how much information do you truly have that allows you or moves you to have a certain amount of bias. And I think that that goes, that runs the gamut. There's so much that you don't know uh, and, and the motivations, you know, and, and, you know, there's there's times, you know, where I'll, I'll have, you know, friends or family will say, did you hear what so-and-so said? What do you think about that? That's just not right. And I'll go, you know, number one, unless I've met them and know them, I can't say. Mm-hmm. I know that doesn't fit the narrative of a quick soundbite or a tweet, but the reality is, and it shows, I mean, look around us. We're making all kinds of decisions mm-hmm. with with very, very limited and if not faulty data. Mm-hmm. So let's move into some of that practical stuff, Jeff. Okay. Um, since you started with the mindfulness thing, I would just say to the audience, if you get a chance, check out that TED Talk with Andy Putacombe. Um, mindfulness in 10 minutes, right? Um, the way that I practice it, um, there's always a good time to do it. I'm, I'm not a... I go from 6.30 in the morning to 7 in meditation. Uh, And it's probably because of my creative. I I, I just can't box myself in that way. I I, I practice it sometimes on a long drive. I practice it sometimes in the morning before anything's happening and sometimes before I go to bed. But it is a a beautiful way to to set yourself up. And in this case, from, from what we're talking about in today's episode, to to kind of check that bias thing uh, and make sure that it is in its proper place. You know, go ahead. I, I kind of wanted to go through all the companies, but we've already talked about one, and I'm just going to talk about another one real quick. All right. Well, let me set you up. Okay. Um, so now, Jeff, see how that works. That's all a, right. It's a good setup. Talk about how EQ can help, and and in concert with what you just said about the competencies. Yeah. The the, the model of EQ we use, if you're, if you're familiar with it or not, you can go to our website. You can go to Six Seconds, who is the we're preferred partner. They provide all the tools and the models that we use. It has basically three things. Know yourself, understanding where you are, choosing yourself, deciding what you're going to do, and then giving yourself, which is the reason you're doing it. So there, there's eight competencies, you know, emotional literacy, recognizing patterns. You know, there, there's those. Um, but the two that I really want to talk about, we kind of talked on one now, is in pursuing your noble goal, understanding what is at the heart of yourself, what is it that is the most dear and central to who you are, and if you can identify that and, and work to live it, because we all struggle sometimes, that'll help you take away those biases. And then the other one I think is so important is make sure you have empathy for what's going on around you. Mm. When when you're biased about something, have the empathy for that person or that situation to to understand exactly what is going on. And then the same thing for you. If, if you're biased, have some self-empathy 
to take the time to explore why am I thinking that when you when you have that because that's so important too to take that's part of the mindfulness is taking that time to reflect yeah. and then I'm I'm going to give a plug for a spirit of EQ product uh, mo, uh, the spiritual emotional intelligence assessment that we yeah, have yeah the SEQ SEQ if you can learn to increase your spiritual emotional intelligence which is blending the emotional intelligence, the thinking part of your brain with the spiritual part. And we've said it before, but that's not religious. The spiritual part is understanding how well you're connected with yourself, with the people close to you and the, and the world around you. For me, that has really helped me uh, not be as biased as I used to be. Yeah, that's very, very powerful. And, um, if, and it, once again, that's something if you're interested in contact us, we'd yeah, love absolutely. to talk with you about that. Yeah, and that's uh, that's something as as most of the audience members probably realize is that we're always up open for a conversation for you to learn more and then maybe proceed on uh, if, if you see it as a pathway to um, to growth. And just and if they are interested in any of these competencies. Go back to some of our previous podcasts and you can. Yeah, the podcast history. I think probably the first uh, episodes that we did, Jeff, um, were um, exclusively. We broke down each of the competencies, Mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, uh, we will say have a nice day, have a nice week, have a nice month. And thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. And my email is jeff at spiritofeq.com. And I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms wherever you get your podcasts yes. you think that'd be good i think that would be great because one that will help us learn how to make better ones and it's always good for us so to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host we're close okay but, all right but, but not, still not totally we want perfect. your feedback we want your feedback but it'll it also might uh let us know a new subject hey we need to dig deeper into that yeah. so let us know what you think cool we really appreciate that as always too there is social media linkedin facebook and we also have a youtube channel those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment a like of those kind of things just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us right jeff right we appreciate you all thank you
Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.